in dealing with healing and brokenness and on, on a recovery to our healing from our brokenness, first we have to know we are broken. Uh, we need to confess. The joke is that confession is good for the soul but bad for the reputation. The truth of the matter is that confession is good for your soul and for your reputation. Uh, we should open ourselves up and be vulnerable before God and others. And we need to understand that if we don't acknowledge our own wrongs, uh, we'll never get fixed. Uh, we often can tell everybody else what's wrong with them, with precision of expertise. Uh, but yet as soon as someone points out an error in your life, uh, all of a sudden you become the best defense attorney there ever is. We need to understand that just as we can see what's wrong in everybody else, we need to take the time to see what's wrong with ourselves. Uh, we need to check on ourselves. Remind me of the story uh, about a boy. Uh, listen to this story. The druggist of a town drugstore overheard a young boy talking on a paid telephone. Y'all can tell us an old story. Hello, sir. I was calling to see if you needed a lawn boy. Oh, you have one. Well, is he adequate? Oh, he is. Uh, thank you. I, I was just checking, said the young boy. The druggist then said to the boy, sorry, you didn't get the job. Oh, no, sir. I got the job. I was just checking in to see how well I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it pays a check on yourself. To make sure you as good as you think you are. If we don't check ourselves, then we will find out that we thought we were doing well, but we're going to wind up, find why we're laying on the side of the road. Wonder why things not working out. I was on my way to success, but somehow I got a detour. Y'all understand that we must confess. Confession in the Bible serves two purposes. One time we confess to realize that one is guilty before God and need to repent of their sin. The second confession is also to agree and proclaim that God is God, that he is supreme. He is the creator of the heaven and the earth, the ruler of all creation, that he is your personal identifiable God. So you see, there's two ways to confess. You confess your sins and you confess that God is God. And so here it is that when we confess, we ought to do both things. We first need to confess that we have sin because the revelation of God's word shows that in our lives. Secondly, we ought to confess that he is God and I will serve him. I will surrender to him. I will love him all the days of my life. Think about how you like when somebody confesses to you that they love you, makes you feel good. Same way as you want those who confess that they love you, you want them to confess to you when they do something wrong. Y'all quiet on me. I see a whole lot of people right in here and they've never been wrong. Uh-oh. 
where we confess, we acknowledge that there's some issues that we have to address and we want to change them. Confession is not just a vocabulary word, but confession should be an action, a transformation happening in someone's life because they understand what I have done is wrong. In our text, the fourth verse, do you remember the actions Nehemiah took when he heard what happened into his community. Uh, he is in, in ca- captivity, but in a good place. Uh, it says that he is in the capital. He's in the castle of the king. Uh, but back home, the walls are burnt with fire and the people are in distress and injured and reproached and they don't feel real good nehemiah realized this and says that when he heard the news says he sat down notice the verbiage here what happened to him when he sat down he wept for days he mourned he fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Think about how important it is to think about someone praying for you. Y'all quiet on me. Nehemiah is praying for the people. And he's praying for them not because he feels that they need help and he doesn't need help. He's praying for them because they need help and he needs help. Uh, They need help together. He understands that if I don't lift them up, no one else will. I I need to go to someone that can change the situation. You understand that he turned to God, understanding that they are broken and need of healing. And I know the healer. Anybody here know the healer? Knowing that there's something wrong in my life and, and, and I understand that I need a solution. I need a healing. And one person I know can take care of me. Can I help somebody out there? You understand that when you go to the emergency room, you have to wait to see the doctor, and they first got to check you in. You're like, don't you see me bleeding? Go ask me to write my name. Now ask me what kind of insurance I got. Do you not see the blood coming down off my head? Don't you think that's more important? You can ask me some questions later. We serve a God that we don't have to wait to get checked in. We can say, Lord, I need thee. And he is available right there. He's a present help in the time of trouble. Aren't you glad that you don't even got to call 911 and wait for a response? All you got to do is say, Lord, and he's right there. And so when we understand I need some help, sometimes in our life we need to stop running somewhere else and just sit. And say, God, you are right here. I'm going to turn to you. And so some of us in our lives need to sit and make a list. We need to make a list of our issues. Uh, I'm trying to be gentle with people. I don't want to say sin because people going down. I ain't going to write down anything. I ain't nothing wrong with my life. But I want to say, write down your issues. Also known as sin. <laughs> Uh, write them down and, and take a time. Now, some of you are saying, well, that's going to be a short list. Now, that's my second point. Then you need to sit longer and make a list as long as you can. 
Because if you got a short list, that means you got a long issues. We can tell everybody else what's wrong with them, but we got little issues that don't need that much attention. Incorrect. We need to make sure we can make the list as exhaustive as we can to see, Lord, these are my issues. Why, why we need to take a list? Because we need to take inventory. We, we, we need to make sure that is it as good as I think it is? Because sometimes we think we've overcome some issues that are still some issues in our lives. Uh, that's, that's not my problem anymore. It used to be my problem, but that problem always rears its head up. And we, we still have not addressed it because we think we're over it. Oh, that was just a one-time mistake. I know that's an ongoing issue. Notice that. Sin has caused them to be destroyed. And in them being destroyed, it moved Nehemiah to pray. You see that in verse 6. It says this, that, Lord. Y'all with me there? Yeah, verse 6. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. Look what he says there. I confess that they have sinned against you. We all, y'all with me there. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. Uh, look at the list he came up with here. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands decrees and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Y'all see that there? He could have just stopped all oh, we sin. You know we're not good. No, he got specific of the issues that are going on in their lives that we have sinned terribly. Now, notice how oftentimes, if you don't look at your list many times, you might gloss over and make your list not a bad list, but yet these are just small issues. Nehemiah did not go there. He says, we have sinned terribly. We have messed up greatly, and this is what we have done. We have rebelled against you, disregarded your laws and your commands that you have given us through Moses. You see that? We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us uh, through your servant Moses. Do you see how in confession he did not blame others? We need to be careful in our confession that we do not blame others. But we take responsibility. Take full responsibility. It's, it's, it's that easy way out to say, I only hit you because you've said something to me. I, I confess I did something wrong, but I'm really right because I responded to you. That's what you're saying. Y'all quiet on me. See, that's the problem that we don't understand confession. We only want to confess because we want to be right. Confession is admitting you're wrong. Not that you're right. We confess to be right. We say, I only did it because this. That's why many people don't accept people's apologies, because you really didn't apologize. 
I'm sorry if you were offended. Uh, the problem is I am offended, and that's why I asked for an apology. You're going to say if. There's no if about it. I'm, I am offended, but you're going to still say if I said something that offended you, I'm sorry. No, you're not because you said if. Your apology that we are looking for is that I won't do this again to hurt you. That's the confession we want. We don't want that it's going to happen again because that's what you're saying, if. When we come to God, do we tell God, Lord God, if I offended you, I'm sorry. Is that how we confess to God? God, if I messed up, I'm sorry. If you misunderstood God, what I said, I'm sorry. Y'all see how that sounds? I'm going to tell God it's your fault that you're not feeling what I'm feeling. We understand that if I'm going to confess, I have to admit I am wrong. I've done something that has offended you. I want to expose it, reveal it, and remove it from being a part of this relationship so we can be restored. But the way we confess, we'll come by and tell somebody, I'm sorry, but we'll repeat the same action again, only just to say, I'm sorry again. See, that's not biblical confession. Biblical confession means that I realize that what I have done is erroneous. It is wrong. It's something that should not be repeated. We need to understand that when I confess, I have to make this list long. The only way I can make this list long I have to remove what is giving me this writer's block. And what's giving me this writer's block of continuing writing out my confession is my pride. Our pride blinds us of our faults that we think that we have overcome a long time ago. I'm going to tell everybody that's not my issue. It used to be my issue, but that's not my issue anymore. Not understanding that it is still locked up in a little closet that you open up every now and then. And you think you put it back in there, but it's snug out. We need to remove our pride so we can and expose everything before God. Saying, Lord, this is my issue. I, I, I've allowed myself to spend long time doing these things. Getting caught up with my lust of my flesh, the greed of my eye, the cursing of my tongue. Lord, forgive me. We need to write it down and look at it and say, how does this compare to God's word? Because he noticed when he made his confession, he understood that this does not comply with what you've given us through Moses. When we make your list, you need to understand that your list should expose your sin. And then God's word shows you how to live holy. And if you want to live holy, then you want to remove the things on your list and replace it with God has called you to do. God has called us to be holy. And then also this, that God's laws are morally and ethical actions that we need to do because the word tells us to. You notice how, remember the two confessions, right? It's to confess uh, that 
our sins and reveal them before our Lord because of the conviction of his word. And secondly, is to confess that he is God. And so if God is God, then we must realize that we have sinned terribly before him by not obeying his commands, his decree, his regulations. And he has allowed us, hallelujah, by his grace and his mercy to still operate, even though we've been rebellious as we have been. We need to let God lead us in his will. That's what the word will do for us. It will lead us. Tell your neighbor, the word will lead you. And the reason why the word will lead you, because the word is God. And beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. We find that in the gospel according to John, the same gospel according to John, we find out this, that he is the good shepherd. And so why will you let the word lead you? Because the word is the good shepherd, and the shepherd leads the sheep to green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. He make me lie down in what kind of pastures? Green pastures. He makes sure you got food to eat and he'll take you by still water. Not troubled waters. Still waters. So we need to let God lead us. Oftentimes what happens is that since we are already right in our confession, we need to fix other people. So we don't let God lead us. We try to lead them so that they can be right. We need to let God lead. When we allow God to lead, we allow his word work in us. And his word change us. And it changes the way we communicate so we can have peace in this relationship. And we get peace when we rest in God's word. And so not only do we need to confess our sins and make a list and compare it with God's word. We, in our confession, we have to acknowledge who God is. We have to confess that God is your God. If God is your God, I, I want to help somebody out really today. I really want to help somebody out today to understand that the time that you did not want to confess is the time you said God is not my God. Here's how it happens. I don't want to say because I know I'm right. I am God. I tell myself what to do when the word says humble yourself. The word says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. The word says, do unto others as you will have them do unto you. The word says, forgive your brother. The word says, turn the other cheek. But you said, no, I'm not going to do it. Y'all see how that lined up? We need to understand that, God, if you are God, I will do what you said should be done. Part of this confession, look at verse 5. He says, O Lord... God of heaven and all great, the great and what? Awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. The reason why we need to confess that God is God, it helps to identify who we are and who he is. Do y'all see that right there in the text? Once he confessed who God is, it identified who he is. You are a good, good father. That's who you are. I am loved by you. That's who I am. When I give God his glory and bless him, it helps me to understand who he is and who I am. God, you are an awesome God. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. That means I am your creation. That means you are my maker. That gives me identification. Let me know who I am. 
Think about how many of us have our identity based on relationships. Somebody asks you, who are you? What do you say? You say your name. Follow-up question, final identification, they ask you, what do you do? Then you tell them your job. And oftentimes your job would be this. You either work at a company or you are at a stay-at-home parent. Oftentimes how the jobs work out. Some of y'all quiet on me. That's how it works out. What do you do? I'm a stay-at-home parent. Oh, okay, how many children you have? Then you find out how hard is your work, right? Oh, I got eight, I got six, I got five, whatever it is, right? You find out. We ask the same thing you do when somebody has a job, right? Where do you work? Oh, what do you do? You want to find out what is the work. Our identity is based on what we do. Think about this. God made us, and our identity is based on who he is and what he's called us to do. Are we doing this work? When we know who he is, that it gives us this identity. Now, look what happens here. Not only do we give God glory in confessing God, it also leads this. Now, look closely here with me. Can you join me again? Verse 5. O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his what? His covenant. When we know who God is, we know something about God. His, his unfailing love and his covenant go hand in hand. Because God is love and his love is faithful, just as his covenant, that God will never break a promise. God will never forget or relent because his word is true. And so here it is that when they understand that if I, God, if you are God and your love never fails and you're the keeper of covenants, then I can remind you of your covenant. This happens many times. You look in the Psalms and laments and laments when they are agonizing and mourning and weeping over their sin. They remind God. And, and when you remind God, it's not just to tell God who he is as if you know him better than yourself. It is basically a plea and begging for mercy. This is how we use it. This is how we use it. Say, say, baby, don't you love me? I didn't mean to forget. Fill in the blank, right? That's it. So you try to remind her that her love is for you, so you did not intensely forget. Y'all, y'all quiet on me. Some of y'all tell me y'all forgot already. I see y'all. See y'all. Y'all working to fix it up. All right. So yeah, let's get ahead of the curve. Mother's Day is next Sunday. Get ahead of the curve. Get ahead of the curve. Get ahead of the curve. And so when you love somebody, you remind them of the relationship that we have. You know, here's here, some of y'all, 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 y'all not too good on love. Let me help y'all. Y'all good on money. So this is how y'all, y'all do on money, right? Aren't we good friends? Remember that time I covered you? I paid your way in. Let me get $10. We remind people, right, of a relationship we have. Remember when we went here and I gave you this. Uh, won't you please give me? I'm asking a favor now. Will you repay me back? The people look at God, verse 8 and 9. Y'all with me there? Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations but, oh, praise God for the buts, if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen you for my name 
to be honored. Y'all see that there? That when he reminded God, he said, Lord, we know we messed up. You said if we do this, this would happen. It happened, God, but now we're turning back. Now we're confessing you. Now we're repenting. Now we're looking for you to restore us back to the place. Y'all see that there? See, confession is good for the soul. It's good for the reputation. See, God's going to restore their reputation. Right now, there are people of reproach. There are people cast down. Their city is destroyed. They are feeling destroyed. But yet, Nehemiah realized that, God, if I pray, I pray to you, I seek your face and turn to you, I confess my sins. Y'all see that there? Notice how in his confession, he realized that we messed up. We deserve what we got. It's according to your word. But also, Lord, you said your soul was mercy. So I remind God is me seeking his favor, seeking his grace, seeking his mercy. Now, in this prayer, do you not, again, I want to, again, extract from here the identity of the people. Nehemiah, in his prayer, identifies himself and Israel as servants of God, God's people, keeper of God's commandments, the redeemed by God. In that also, I, I want to help you out that they are God serving this, that God chose them to serve. Y'all quiet on me. Uh, let, let me help you out. When, when you get your job, that means they chose you for the job. And you got excited about that job. When you got that first job out of school and you got that first good paycheck, you call home let everybody know lunch is on me. I got paid. You were happy. You got selected. God chose us to serve him. We are his people, meaning that we are covered and protected under him. And then our responsibility is to be the keeper of his commandments. And we are the redeemed by God. The people's identity is based on their relationship with God. But currently sin has damaged their relationship. The brokenness of the relationship had damaged not only their city, but also the people's conduct and character. That's what we need to understand, that our identity is based on our relationship with God. But when relationships are broken, the issue is always sin. It's always sin. You can blame it on miscommunication, but you can also put sin at the end, miscommunication. Sin sticks its way in. That's what sin comes to kill, steal, and destroy because that's the weapon of the enemy. The enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And the way that he destroys everything is with sin. Sin is always going to produce death. So we need to remove sin. And how do I remove sin? I got to confess. I got to see what was my problem in the problem. I can't blame it all on everybody else. And, and, and oftentimes we want to put percentage on, right? It's only 1% my fault, but 99% yours. So you got a whole lot of things. So once you work on your stuff, then come talk to me. Nope, 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 nope. You need to get yourself right as they get themselves right. And together you'll be right before God. And come together and say, Lord, bring healing and restoration. God in his covenant will restore the repentant. Y'all see that there? God will guide us to our healing. 
So we must understand that sin damages our relationships with God as it does with others. And we need to remove this sin from our lives by making that confession list and realize, like, God, I need to get this out of my life. And I need to line it up, Lord, with your word. Notice how Nehemiah feeling led in this prayer. He goes saying that the the people, verse 10, the people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. We need to understand that when we confess to God that can heal us and restore us, we also need to allow God to guide us to the restoration. I want you to understand that Nehemiah realizing that, God, I turn to you first. Secondly, I want to go back. And that's what we're going to pick up next. He wants to go back and help out his people. He realized that what can I do from here in the city? It's not as good what I can do by being there with the suffering of the people. And so he wants favor from the king to get out there. But notice it says, oh, God, hear my prayer. And you Listen, listen to the qualifications here. It says that you listen to those who love to praise you. Only got a few amens. We, we like to call it out. The prayer of the righteous availeth much. And we call ourselves righteous, but we're not being righteous. Uh, the righteous praise God. They worship him in spirit and the truth. Say God, that's who God is seeking. Say the time is and now that God seeks For those who worship him, true worshipers that worship him in spirit and in truth. Those who desire to worship God. Those who love the praise of God more than they like the praise of man. Those who want God's will to be done in their lives is who God is truly looking to bless and cover because they're looking to do the will of God. Do you understand? Jesus made it clear that says either they are for us or they are against us. We want to be for him. We want to adore him. We want to bless him. And so when we confess to God that can heal and restore we must trust god to lead us to the way of restoration it may may not be your idea it may not be the way you wanted to get it done but make sure you line it up with the word of god and say lord i see what your word is calling me to do and i want to be there confession it is good how good is it it's so good it's so good that it refreshes you and makes you feel better. We need to understand that we must confess. I want to point in, in the Psalm of 32, and David is conf- tells us the, the blessings and the benefits of confession. We need to confess before the Lord, admit our guilt. Psalm 32, I'm going to pick up right at verse 6. It says here, Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs 
of victory. Do you understand that if you don't confess to God, you are making room for you just to drown in your own misery? Verse 5 says, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. So that's why 6 again. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the flood waters of judgment for you are my hiding place you protect me from trouble you surround me with the songs of victory do you not understand that god is giving us time that we can remove the shame and the guilt in our lives that we can lift up clean hands and pure hearts unto god and worship him by confessing our sin it's good to confess don't be ashamed to admit that you're wrong be humbled and blessed that you'll be cleansed by the blood of the lamb who died on calvary to set us free that no longer sin has a hold on, on us death has been defeated look what the psalmist says way back then before jesus died on the cross and rose again in power and he says you surround me with songs of victory we got the victory in the name of jesus we've got the victory so we ought to be happy to confess our sins before the Lord, knowing that he forgives us, knowing he redeems us, knowing he sets us free. And then we ought to confess that he is God all by himself. There is none other that loves a wretch like us. Thank you, God, for your amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. I, 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 I will talk about myself. I used to be blind, but now I see was lost, but now I'm found. Anybody here can testify that confession is good for you to lay all your burdens down. He says, Lord, I am lowly. Yo, my yoke is, is light. My, my burden is low. He says, come on to me, you heavy burden. Lay down your yokes. Lay him down before his feet. Stop carrying this burden all this time. I wonder if somebody's going to forgive me. Can they ever forgive me? Let me know. If they can't, I know who can Take it over to the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me. I did this horrible, terrible act. But yet your word says. And lining up with the word. You want to see healing in your life. You need to confess. And let God move into your life and transform you and change you. And you'll find victory through the power of confession. Join me as we stand. We just respond. Because some of us need to be in prayer. And some of us need somebody to pray for us. And so in this time, we just want to surrender unto God and, and lay our hearts before him and, and hope we are praying one for another that we will be moved to sit, to weep, and pray. I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. I want 
If you just grab the hand next to you, this is symbolic that we want to pray one for another, confess our sins to our awesome God, and realize that we need to work together. If we want healing in our community, we need to confess before God. I want to hear a few people say, come on, come on. You all pray? I love you. I need you too. I won't. You pray for me. I need you. I won't. With words from my mouth. Almighty God. We stand together with our hearts ready to turn to you. Father, give us the strength through your spirit to confess, Lord, before you. Lord, we have all sinned horribly before you, God. Hear our prayers, Almighty God. We pray one for another. We pray for our church. We pray for our community. Lord, we pray for our nation. Lord, we pray for our world. Lord, help us to come back to you and see your healing that comes upon us. Father, move as only you can. Guide us into your presence. Surround us with your grace and your mercy. We confess, oh God, that you are Lord, that you are King, that you are awesome, that you are mighty, that you are great. And there's none like you. And we bless your holy name. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Because all that belongs to you. We thank you for our resurrected Lord and Savior. For he is king. He is God. He is our redeemer. And we think it's by your blood. It's by your blood. We have made whole. We love you. We love you. We love you.